Welcome to the Word on Wednesday podcast for June 21. My name is John Mason. Thank you for joining us. In an article in the Weekend Australian, Our Politicians and Media Are Letting Us Down, Chris Kenny observes, When we see the open deceit and toxicity of politics and the media in the Canberra bubble, Canberra is Australia's DC, it's tempting to despair. We see persistent tension between truth and lies. We are informed about political systems we do not trust by media we do not believe. He comments, The depressing reality is that politics and media are manifestations of human nature, which is stubbornly flawed. Dante knew 700 years ago that the propensity to lie was our greatest flaw. And more than 2,000 years ago, Aristotle warned that the only thing we gain by falsehood is to ensure that we are not believed when we speak the truth. Yet in the here and now, this same battle between truth and lies is the most important daily struggle. A little less than 2,000 years ago, Paul the Apostle took the notion of our flawed human nature to another level. In Ephesians chapter 2 he writes, You were dead through the trespasses and sins in which you once lived. Ephesians chapter 2 verses 1 through 10 And you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, like the rest of mankind. But God, being rich in mercy, because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ, by grace you have been saved, and raised us up with him, and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, so that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith. This is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. He identifies our real problem. In our natural state, we are the walking dead in God's eyes. Our relationship with Him is dead, non-existent. Our trespasses and sins, our self-interest, lies and pride, covetousness and deceit, are all illustrations of this. Furthermore, Paul identifies another layer behind our deeply flawed, self-interested nature when he says that in our natural state we follow the course of this world, following the ruler of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work among those who are disobedient. We are subject to oppressive influences, our flawed inner self, and from outside, the prevailing secular culture. However. Beyond both, and actively working through both, is the ruler of the kingdom of darkness, 
who holds us in captivity. All too often, even so-called gospel churches fail to understand the depth of the abyss into which humanity has plunged because we've all turned our backs on God. It's an abyss from which we can't extract ourselves. Humanity's problem is not that it has simply taken a bypath in life. Rather, we've chosen the path that leads to death. Is there any hope, we might ask? All of us are by nature children of wrath. But God who is rich in mercy, Paul continues. The contrast between verses 3 and 4 here is astonishing. It is completely at odds with how love is understood today. God's just anger in condemning us is not incompatible with his love. The two can be held together. God can be truly just in judging sin and at the same time choose to forgive because his nature is always to have mercy, choosing to love and to give life. Indeed, his justice reveals the depth of his mercy. And consider what his mercy means for all who turn to him. Out of the great love with which he has loved us, Paul says, he made us alive together with Christ, and raised us up with him, and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Although we were dead to God because we had chosen to ignore him, he nevertheless chose to give us a new life with Christ, raising us from death and giving us a seat beside Christ in his victory and rule, because we are now tightly linked in him through his Spirit. God has done this, Paul tells us, so that in the ages to come he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace in kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. So it's out of God's pure love he acted in rescuing the Ephesian Christians. He also planned that the overwhelming nature of his mercy he had shown would be seen in the ages to come. Can all this be true, we might ask, or is it another lie to promote the noise of the churches and to prop up the cripples of life? Two great themes in this passage provide an answer. The resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and the witness and evidence of the changed lives of genuine Christians throughout the ages. Which brings us to another theme, the gift. In verses 8 and 9, Paul restates the extraordinary mercy and gift of God. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing, it's the gift of God, not the result of works, so that no one may boast. Three foundation gospel words stand out here, salvation, grace and faith. Salvation is more than forgiveness, it is the deliverance from death and the new gift of life in Christ in all its fullness. Grace is God's free and undeserved mercy towards us. Faith is our response of trust by which we each receive God's free gift for ourselves. So there's no place for asking, how much penance should I do? God's gift of forgiveness and new life is full and free. 
It echoes Jesus' words to the repentant criminal as he was dying on the cross. Truly I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise. Which brings us to another theme we read in verse 10. Good works. For we are what God has made us, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which he prepared beforehand to be our way of life. We are God's work of art. Our salvation is God's masterpiece in his creation. In the Sistine Chapel, Michelangelo's masterpiece, The Creation of Adam, portrays God reaching out to Adam. Paul wants us to know that God's masterpiece is of a totally different order. Salvation is not just creation, or even recreation. It is a new creation. Furthermore, we are created in Christ Jesus for good works. Good works that God prepared beforehand. Before God and His mercy brought us to Christ, we walked in trespasses and sins, in which self-interest and the powers of evil had trapped us. Now we live out the good works that God has eternally planned for us to do. There are many things happening around us today that are troubling. Our only hope is to be found in the depths of God's mercy. So let me encourage you to reflect on these words of Paul and ask the Lord to awaken the riches of his love in you, stirring you to live out each day the good works he has prepared for you to do. And when we do this, others will notice especially if we wisely play our part in helping them to discern truth in the midst of the deceptions around us. Maybe then, they with us, will come to know the hope and the joy that only God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, can give us. So let me pray. Almighty God, our Heavenly Father, like lost sheep, We have followed too much the devices and desires of our own hearts and have broken your holy laws. Going our own way, we have not loved you as we ought, nor loved our neighbours as ourselves. We justly deserve your condemnation. Father, for the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, forgive us all that has passed. Turn our hearts to love you and obey your will. Help us to live for your glory, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. People involved in today's podcast are John Mason, speaker and writer, and April Marks, a member of Christ Church Presbyterian, San Francisco. The prayers are from an Australian prayer book, 1978. The opening and closing music is from St Andrew's Cathedral, Sydney, under the direction of Ross Cobb. Please let us know if you have a question or a comment about this podcast. We'd love to hear from you.